the teams you care about. The Patriots are now closer to the bottom of the AFC than the top. That's a fact. The stories that matter to you. Trevor Story, man, he makes the Red Sox much, much better in 2022. This is your home for New England sports. I I'm just wondering what happens next for UVA, because I think there could be a lot of turnover on that roster. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday to you on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Short show today. We're in a string of short shows here for the uh, well, foreseeable future. I think next week we start to get some full shows back. Yeah, next Monday I know we got a full show. So 30 minutes-ish today. We're up until 6.07. It's Red Sox baseball as they take on the Blue Jays in Toronto. So first of a big four-game set there. Sox dropped two out of three over the weekend to the Rays. Former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker is going to stop by at 545. We'll get ready for the NFL draft with Ross. We last had him on about three months ago or so. So good to get Ross back on again. You can get in on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line, 802-585-3026. That's your locally owned stores in Waterbury and in Morrisville. So there you go. So again, that's the Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. You can also comment on the brand new Facebook Live and YouTube live streams also, and you can also get in on my Twitter account. So let's waste no time and let go. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts of the Brady Farkas Show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and by Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. Remember what I told you a few weeks ago about Kyrie Irving, that his biggest problem is his complete lack of self-awareness well, that was on display again this weekend after the Celtics took a 3-0 series lead. The Seas will look to close out Brooklyn tonight at 7 o'clock, and they'll look to punch their ticket to the next round. But the complete lack of awareness from Kyrie Irving continues to be jarring. Here is what he said after the loss on Saturday. We're all just trying to gel, and, and usually you're gelling around the right time, and that, that team in the other locker room is gelling at the right time. They've been gelling since Christmas. Uh, so for us, we, we're, we're just in a, in a new experience uh, as a group, and, and we just got to respect that and just you know bring everything we can to this next game and, and just do one possession at a time. You know, I don't want to be too cliche, but I don't have a lot of answers for how you make up time you know, from October until now. This is just a completely mind-boggling comment, really. Like, even from Kyrie, every time I think that he can't get less self-aware, he somehow does. Kyrie Irving says that his team missed out on valuable team chemistry building and that that's part of their problem. And there's no way to make up the time that was lost. And you know what? He's probably right in that, but it's moronic for him to say it out loud because, buddy, you are the reason for all of that. You chose not to get vaccinated. You chose 
of your own accord to sit out for half the season. You chose to put your team in a position to have to stop and start and go with a different lineup on Monday than you had on Wednesday and to play a different brand of basketball on Wednesday as you're going to play on Friday. This is all created by you. Look, you don't want to get vaccinated? Then fine. I'm not judging you for that, but I am judging you for saying this now. Of course, the team didn't have proper on-court chemistry. Of course, the team wasn't together enough this year. Of course, the team was behind the eight ball. It's all true, but the reason why is because of you. And you failed to recognize that, Kyrie Irving. Almost everything bad that has happened to the Nets this year stems from Kyrie Irving. We talked last week. Kyrie's great for the NBA, but is Kyrie great for the team that he's actually on? The answer now is being proven over and over and over again. The answer is no. James Harden feels the chemistry is off. He wants out. That's related to Kyrie Irving not being there enough. You get Ben Simmons back, who does nothing for this team. That is a snowball effect off of James Harden being upset, which is caused by Kyrie not being there enough. Kevin Durant gets hurt. The team falls in the standings. Kyrie could have been there to save the day and keep the team afloat, but instead they fall from a top spot to the number seven spot, and they are in this position. They should be playing in home court advantage. They should be playing against uh, Chicago or Cleveland if Cleveland had made, like Atlanta. They should be playing a team like that. Instead, they're getting their butt kicked. It all stems from Kyrie Irving's decision. Again, I'm fine with Kyrie Irving making a personal decision that he believes works for him and his body. That's fine. But don't come out and blame the lack of team chemistry or your team's failures on that lack of chemistry because that lack of chemistry exists because of you. And you just don't see it. It is a total lack of self-awareness. I really am amazed at just how little fight the Nets have had the last couple of quarters, all of game three and the fourth quarter of game two. I mean, a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving should not be on the verge of being swept. I'm happy about it, of course, as a Celtics fan, but it really is embarrassing for the Nets. It's also embarrassing Kyrie's perspective on all of this. Jay Williams of ESPN, he he summed it up perfectly this morning. He summed it up almost exactly as I just did. This is completely tone deaf. The fact that you made a decision that I backed for vaccination purpose. I backed you on it. But because of that, there are things that happen because of your own decision. James Harden, the chemistry falls. You guys are number one in the East. KD gets hurt. You can't play. You're allowed to play half the games here and there on the road. James Harden decides, screw this. I'm not with it because I wanted a full team. He dips. Kevin comes back. Now you're in the seventh seat. Now you're in the verge of being swept. I don't want to hear you sit up here, even though it's the right thing to say with your teammates internally that we don't have the continuity. We don't have chemistry. I get all that. But, bro, coming from you, I can't hear that publicly. I can't. That's tone deaf. It's dumb to me. Tone deaf. A perfect word for that. Completely tone deaf. 
Kendrick Perkins last week said he loves Kyrie Irving as a villain of the NBA. Kyrie Irving is a great villain for the NBA. He really is. He's great for the NBA in general. He's must watch when he's playing. Everybody, you know, who who loves him and everybody who hates him fighting about him. The drama is great for the NBA. Kyrie Irving is not great for whatever team he is on. He blew up the the Cavaliers' chance at a dynasty. He blew up the Celtics roster, and now he has severely hurt the Brooklyn Nets, and he has hampered their chances at winning an NBA championship. And I saw Colin Cowherd talking about this on Fox Sports today, and I had somebody else reach out to me and say the same thing. And it cannot be overstated how poor Kevin Durant's decision was. Kevin Durant ditched Steph Curry Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, ultimate team guys for Kyrie Irving, an ultimate me guy. It cannot be overstated how wrong that decision was by Durant. I get Durant's from the East Coast. Maybe he wanted to come home or come back to this this side of the country. I get that, and I can respect that. But you hitch your wagon to Kyrie You've hitched your wagon to some heartache, and that's really what's been caused since Durant and Kyrie linked up. It is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. We're a couple of moments away, a couple of minutes away, rather, from Ross Tucker stopping by. Mark in Essex says, I don't always agree with your comments, Brady, but I do look forward to your show during the week. Appreciate you, Mark. Uh, Troy Kingsbury, our friend over at the Village Grocery, says, an update for you, Brady, about our sled hockey team. This came from the weekend. So Central Vermont team's first ever trip to Nationals. They were 2-2 two and two at the time of this message, and they were grooving. So congratulations, to Troy. Look forward to talking to you later in the week and seeing how that went for you. So uh, I also do, before we get to Ross Tucker, I want to spend just a few minutes talking about my experience yesterday golfing not my actual golfing experience but my experience of going golfing i really felt like yesterday afternoon i was living in a seinfeld episode seriously i felt like i was in a modern day seinfeld because there is almost as an adult no more awkward feeling than linking up with people you don't know on the golf course. And let me say this, as I tell the story, the guys I was with yesterday, they were awesome. They were about my age. We talked, we had some stuff in common. We actually knew some of the same people. So that was cool. They were great, but it is so awkward at first. And it's awkward on my end and it's awkward on their end. So here's what happened. I go to the links at Lang farm in Essex and it was predictably crowded. Like I expected it to be, I was playing by myself they sent me off the back nine. So they told me to wait until the group that was currently on hole number nine finished hole number 10. So sneak in on the backside of them, not sneak in, but, you know, play on the backside of them because there was some room. So what happens is the group that's on nine, they get to 10, they post up, and then they take like 15 minutes at the turn. So I'm waiting behind them. I should have just gone in front of them. But I wait for them. And then by the time they actually tee off, well, now another group is coming in and they're going around the turn also. So I let them go in front of me. That's the threesome that I end up playing with. So I got a foursome here that took forever to get going. And I got this threesome of guys that I let through. 
then everyone's teeing off. Everybody's good. So I'm waiting maybe 20 minutes. So I tee off by myself. I played three holes by myself. By the time we get to what is hole 12, now there's a backup. Now there's the log jam. So the three guys about my age who I had let go in front of me, they say, hey, we're waiting here. We're behind this foursome. You're waiting behind us. Why don't we just link up together? And I'm like, okay. So I said, cool, you know, that's fine. But again, it's just, it, there's no more awkward feeling than linking up with, with a threesome there that you don't know. I'm thinking to myself, like, how much should I talk to them? Do they even want to be talked to? They came together. They all know each other. Are, am I supposed to talk with them? Am I supposed to try to be friends? Am I supposed to still play my own solo game in around, you know, in, in the midst of their three-person thing? Are they going to talk to themselves and I'm going to be ignored? I'm like, do they even play the same way that I do? Do they take give me putts? Do they take a second tee shot if you hit it into the woods? Do they take mulligans? What are what exactly are they doing? Do, should I even care what they're doing? Should they care what I'm doing? So it was then I see them tee off and I'm like, oh my God, these guys are practically on the PGA tour. And I'm trying to just hit the ball in the air on the drive. Like that my goal yesterday was hit the ball in the air and then somewhat reasonably straight. These guys are using like irons to hit it 250. I'm like, my drive doesn't even go 250. So it's very, very awkward at first because, again, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk to them. They didn't sign up to play with me. Am I holding them back from their bro time that they want to have? Then we're actually playing, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're so much better than me. Then I actually hit a good tee shot, and I actually got a compliment from one of the guys. Like, hey, nice drive, Brady. Nice job. And I'm like, okay. And then we get to the point where I have to putt, and I'm like, I don't want to hold these guys up. I'm already sucking them down here by being in this in their now foursome that they didn't plan for. So I don't take my putts as serious as I should. So my great drive turns into like a four putt on the green and overall getting a six, and it's just the whole thing is awkward. I didn't sign up to play with them. They didn't sign up to play with me. We had this, you know, this awkward forced nine-hole friendship that came about, six-hole friendship by the time I caught up with them. They were welcoming. They were great. I'd play with those guys again if they wanted me to. I don't think it always goes that way because, again, there's nothing worse than just getting paired up with random people at the golf course. You don't want it. They don't want it. And when you're not even in the same stratosphere of ability, it's it's just it usually doesn't go as well as it did yesterday. But luckily, it went well, and I appreciated those guys. They were fun. So there you go. I, yep, it was good to be out golfing. First time in Vermont. I had gone in New York once uh, last weekend when I was home for Easter, so that was a blast. Uh, I guess Blush Hill opened up in Waterbury today. So if you see me out on the golf course sometime and you want to play. Again, you tell me what's the appropriate level of uh, how much talking we should do, but I'll be happy to link up with any of our listeners as well. I'm very average at best. Some days I'll have days where all I can do is hit ground balls to uh, what would be second base, and I'll just kind of pitter-patter all the way to the hole, and some days I'll have days where I play pretty well. So see what day you catch me on. But good to have golf mostly back in the state of Vermont. So it's the Brady Farkas show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEV radio.com. Now I want to turn our attention 
to the phone line. And let's find ourselves Ross Tucker. We've got Ross, everybody. Okay, we do have Ross. Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, now a popular NFL media personality. He's the host of the Ross Tucker football podcast, which you can find anywhere where you get your podcast. We're talking about the NFL draft. The draft kicks off on Thursday night. Ross, thanks for being with us. Good to talk with you. It's almost draft time. I'm excited. You know what? My pleasure, Brady. I'm fantastic. I'm fired up. I love the NFL draft. I, I always have. I still remember sophomore year of college just getting a 30-pack after spring practice that morning and just sitting there with my buddies all day and watch the draft. The funny thing about it, Brady, is now that I think about it, it was the 99 draft, uh, so I was a sophomore, and I remember watching highlights of Booger McFarland, you know, as a D-tackle from LSU making tackles sideline to sideline and thinking, there is no way I could play in the NFL and block a guy like that. And then uh, ended up working out. I, I was actually able to able to do it for seven years. But yeah, I, I remember that fondly. I love I love the draft, and obviously now it's Thursday night prime time, Friday night prime time, and then Saturday all day is the later rounds now. Well, I love the draft as well. I'm going to watch every minute and every selection pretty much that gets made over the weekends. I'm looking forward to it as well. Let's talk about the Patriots, a team that made the playoffs last year, but they really kind of wilted down the stretch, got blown out by Buffalo in the playoffs. And you look around the rest of the AFC, there have been so many aggressive moves made by other teams. And when you look at the Pats right now, do you think they're closer to the top or the bottom of the conference? That's a great question. You know, off the top of my head, Brady, without looking at all of them, I feel like they're right dead center in the middle, mm. which is why it's probably a pretty good question. But, you know, I can picture the AFC South teams probably being um, some of those teams like Jacksonville and Houston, obviously still behind them. But then you think about the AFC West, the AFC North. I, I'm not sure the Patriots are in the top half of the conference. I think it's a terrific question. Do you think that the Bill Belichick methodology of team building needs to be switched up? Because it seems like the rest of the NFL is swinging big and is taking chances that just weren't made a decade ago. And Bill is still in that, let me look under every nook and cranny to find talent, whereas every other team is going out and finding established stars. Do you think the Patriots need to keep up with the Joneses? Or are they still good doing what they've always done? What they've always done has been successful when they had Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, now they're in a situation, they haven't won a playoff game in three years. You know, that, that's a long time for that organization with all the track record of success they had previously. I'm not really of the mindset that doing what everybody else is doing is necessarily the greatest idea for success, right? Like, if you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing, or at least where the trend is, unless you're at the front of that trend, like the L.A. Rams were, you're probably not in a great spot. You're probably not where you want to be. I don't think they really need to change the Patriot way, so to speak. I just think that they need better players. I don't think they need to swing for the fences, so to speak, to get them. But one way or the other, last year they were pretty aggressive in free agency. You know, maybe it's drafting better. I don't sit here though and say oh they should trade all these draft picks 
and all these assets to pay Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams $24 million a year. I wouldn't say that. Patriots have a lot of needs. What's the best thing they can do early in the draft to help Mac Jones? Is it getting him another offensive lineman, a franchise left tackle? Is it getting him that explosive wide receiver? Or is it rebuilding that defense, which has kind of been gutted through through losses, especially at linebacker and defensive back? Well, so I think it's another really good question because they really could use all of them. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's the problem right now is that they really, I mean, the linebacker level, you think about that playoff game against the Bills where that was like demoralizing. I mean, they were just running him over. I think they'd love to get a receiver, but yeah, they brought in uh, a guy like Devontae Parker. Bourne had a good year. Myers is solid. They still have Aguilar. That wouldn't be a priority for me. I do think they'll end up drafting an offensive lineman to replace Shaq Mason. So I would imagine they'll get a guard in there. Uh, But they don't need to go nuts there either. They're good at running back. They're good at tight end. But defensively, yeah, I, I do think, you know, bringing in guys like Malcolm Butler and Mac Wilson aren't going to cut it. I would envision them being aggressive in the front seven in the draft. Former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Draft begins on Thursday night. Patriots scheduled to pick at number 21. Ross, there's always talk about the Patriots trading down, trading out of the first round, getting more seconds. Do you want to see them stick at 21, or would you be okay if they if they swapped picks and ended up going back? I'd be okay because people talk about it being a deep draft. And I think if you're doing a good job drafting, the second round is really the sweet spot. So they can pick up another second rounder plus by moving down from 21. Totally fine with that, especially with the positions we're talking about. I think you can get a starting guard a little bit later in the draft. I think you can get, you know, uh, uh, some guys in the front seven, certainly a starting linebacker in the second round. So um, maybe it's a situation where you go ahead and you get them in the second round, you get two starters, right? So rather than getting one guy at 21, trade down and get a couple more second round picks and get a couple guys at positions of need. You know, we have talked a lot over the last couple of months about the Patriots trying to get a big play wide receiver in the draft. And we've said, at least I've said, they need to, to, to swing for a wide receiver in round one or two. They have to get somebody explosive. But the counter to that is they've already got a guy on their roster in Jonu Smith who we didn't really see play well last year. Maybe the answer is already on their roster. How do you unlock a guy that clearly has talent that you you did not get the best out of a year before? Well, by doing exactly what you just said. I mean, you, you feature him. You try to get him the ball. You specifically design plays to get the ball in his hands. I think everybody was sort of surprised that they paid the money they paid for John U. Smith and then didn't feature him. It was almost like the left hand wasn't talking to the right hand, right? Like whoever made the, the move, Bill Belichick, by the way, to give John U. Smith that much money must not have had a long enough conversation with Josh McDaniels to make sure 
they were going to go ahead and be able to get a guy like John Smith the ball. I mean, it, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. You give him that much money, you got to feature that guy. What did you think? Uh, you know, we talked last right after the AFC title game, and there was the idea that Josh McDaniels was going to leave the Patriots. And you told us that, just like I think, that it's a big loss for this team, or it would be a big loss for this team. How do you feel now about how things have shaken out for the Patriots on the offensive coaching staff? Are you buying into this triumvirate of Belichick, Joe Judge, and Matt Patricia? Or do they need a designated offensive coordinator and maybe a young hotshot like some of these other teams have done? Well, I'm skeptical of it. Yeah, I mean, I think most people think that it'll be Bill Belichick calling the plays. Um, I don't think it's real conducive to success for Mac Jones, you know, to lose Josh McDaniels. I think Josh McDaniels deserves a lot of credit for how well Mac Jones played last year. And now you got a situation where Josh McDaniels is gone. I mean, that's, that's not good, Brady. They, they, they don't recommend that. They don't say, hey, you're going to have a young quarterback who has a good rookie year. You know what you should do? You should let his coach go. So we'll see. I don't think it's a positive, but, you know, they don't seem that worried about it, Patricia. And uh, and um, obviously Joe Judge on the offensive side of the ball is very interesting to me. Uh, it seems like a pretty unique experiment. We'll see if it works. Ross, I'll get you out of here on two two fun questions. Um, so we're going, you know, in about let's see, at this point, about ten minutes from now, we've got Red Sox baseball coming up on our station, and and the acting manager of the Red Sox this weekend in this series in Toronto is Will Venable, who is a Princeton guy, just like you are. I don't know if you know Will personally. You just missed him at school, I believe, when he played baseball and basketball at Princeton, went to the NCAA tournament with the Tigers. Who's the better former Princeton athlete, you or acting Red Sox manager Will Venable? Definitely Will Venable. I mean, definitely. First of all, um, he was after me, but I remember watching him. And if you're, I mean, if you're able to play two Division One sports, that's really impressive. And he started for Brinkston's basketball team, which is really, really hard to do. I mean, you got to be a heck of a guy. I think he might have been like a, uh, I think he might have been a freshman when I was a senior, maybe. Okay. And then he makes the major. Yeah. I mean, he starts for Princeton's basketball team, which is pretty darn impressive. And then is able to go ahead and make the majors in baseball. That's amazing. So, yes. Um, he didn't even play ba- baseball as a freshman. No, he didn't. That's right. I mean, think about that. That's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah. And he's. He's got the most hits and home runs of any Princeton alum. Very, very impressive. Well, Red Sox, Blue Jays here north of the border in just a couple of minutes from now. Hey, Ross, I didn't realize in addition to giving out uh, NFL advice and NFL knowledge, you're also helping all of us out in the gift-giving space. Well, I got a fiancé with a birthday coming up, and I got a mother celebrating Mother's Day, so it sounds like you've got the uh, the thing I should be getting both of them. Yeah, either way, you're covered, yeah. um, I, especially for Mother's Day, man. I mean... I've seen a bunch of people now get these stories from myfrontpagestory.com for their mom. It's incredible. Like, nobody really knows what to get their mom for Mother's Day. You get them this story from myfrontpagestory.com. You, and if you want your siblings, talk to the reporter about your mom. They write the most unbelievable story. 
And just the look on their face when they're opening it, like they don't even know what it is. And you know, everybody's moms, they're older than us, right? So they grew up with newspapers and that's important to them. To see themselves on the cover of a newspaper and it's framed and then to actually read the story and there's quotes from you and your siblings saying you wouldn't be the person you are today if it weren't for your mom. It's awesome. Like I can pretty much guarantee anybody listening right now, your mom will cry. She will cry tears of joy if you get her this gift. Myfrontpagestory.com. It's myfrontpagestory.com. Trust me. Ross, appreciate you. Enjoy the NFL draft. We'll check you out on your podcast, Ross Tucker's Football Podcast, and uh, look forward to uh, talking with you again down the road. Sounds great. See you, Brady. Absolutely. Ross Tucker, one of my favorites. I met him at the Super Bowl. I want to say in Houston, uh, man, that was the Patriots and Falcons Super Bowl. Yeah, Patriots, Falcons Super Bowl. I think I met Ross Tucker there. We've stayed in touch a few times ever since. Great guests. Love having him on. And great knowledge there on the Patriots in the draft, too. The Patriots have a lot of needs. I no longer... think they have to take a wide receiver in the first round they do need a wide receiver in the first two rounds so i'd i'd like for them to stick at 21 i'd like for them to make a pick there they need a linebacker they need an offensive lineman they need a db i think i'd like to see them take a receiver a linebacker or a db in round one and then take one of the other ones in round two i don't really want to see them trade back though i would like to see them stick at 21. Heck, maybe package up some things later in the draft to trade back into the second round to give yourself two picks there. But I want to see them take their first round pick. It's Brady Farkas show on WDEV. Thanks to Ross Tucker. National news from CBS News and then Red Sox lineup as we get you ready for Sox and Jays on DEV. Let's back to the Brady Farkas show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEV radio.com. Brady Farkas show for the next three minutes here on WDEV. Red Sox baseball is coming up next. Sox and Blue Jays on the lineup for you in about 60 seconds from now. Uh, Thanks to Ross Tucker for stopping by. Remember, our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just search for the Brady Farkas show there so you can get every episode to all of our exclusive interviews, not all of which even appear on the show. You can find them for free there on the Brady Farkas show podcast channel. So appreciate Ross stopping by tomorrow. We got a very cool interview as well. Not sure exactly how it's going to shake out, whether we're going to play it on the show or not, but I'm looking forward to doing it. So you'll learn more about it uh, tomorrow as well. Peter and Williston on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line says, Brady, your golf story reminds me of when I went golfing with my father-in-law to be and his son. I said, I needed to buy a sleeve of golf balls. They said, don't worry. By the third hole, I lost all the golf balls they gave me, and I had to walk without playing the final 15 holes. That was brutal. That would be brutal. That That's an all-timer right there. I need to – if I play 18 holes, I need to go with at least 18 balls because there's a very real chance that I could lose a ball a hole. I need to play in the most open, fairway courses you've ever seen. That's that's where I feel confident. It's one thing if I can play, like I'll play it from another fairway if I have to, but I don't enjoy losing a golf ball in every hole, which certainly is possible. All right, let's get the Sox lineups. Sox go north of the border for the first time. It's Nathan Navaldi for the 7-9 Red Sox. Jose Barrios for the 10-6 Jays. As for who didn't make the trip to Canada because of COVID-19, lack of vaccine, well, Tanner Houck, 
and Cutter Crawford. That is it. Evaldi 1-0 with a 3-6-8. Behind him, Kike Hernandez in center. Alex Verdugo's in left. Xander Bogarts is at shortstop. Rafi Devers in third. J.D. Martinez is back. He's the D.H., Jackie Bradley Jr. is in right. Bobby Dahlbeck at first. Christian Arroyo at second. Kevin Ploiecki is the catcher, and he bats ninth. He's back off the COVID list himself. George Springer leads off for the Jays. Bo Bichette's at shortstop. Vlad Jr. is at first. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is the DH. Matt Chapman's at third. Alejandro Kirk is the catcher. Ramel Tapia's in left. Santiago Espinal's at second. And Bradley Zimmer is in right. Again, thanks to Ross Tucker. We'll be back at it tomorrow for another short show. Go Celtics tonight. Tip off less than an hour away. Red Sox baseball is next on DEV.